This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're going to talk about the housing market now with our contributor, Scott Schantz, who's been digging into the severity of our housing crisis. It's actually a bit depressing, Scott, when you start digging into it. Yeah, I think, you know, we want to be realistic about, about how things look with the housing in our, in our city and in our country, but you're absolutely right. And I think kind of the reason that it feels that way is because, I, at least I know for me and the people that I talk to, that owning a home is kind of like, that's like the, or has been the signal that you've made it. You know, that's what we're all striving for. And once you get there, that it's finally like, okay, now I can breathe. I can relax. I've done the thing that I've been working for. I've been studying for all of that. It's all, it was for, at least for me, all about owning a home. Uh, but it kind of feels like that's getting a little bit out of reach, right? So a little I, bit. <laughs> a li- for, a lot. Guess, How about unreachable for I, so many people? Yeah, and I guess that depends on your economic situation and stuff. But I, I tend to be an optimist, and I want to think that there is a chance that maybe things could turn around, or you know, we hear terms like bubble and how long is this going to last, all that type of stuff. So I spoke with uh, Thomas Davidoff. He's from the UBC Souter School of Business Center for Urban Economics and Real Estate to try to just get a little bit more information on this. And uh, I think you are hitting the nail on the head when you mentioned depressing. But there's, <laughs> he said some pretty shocking things, uh, wow, Simi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Listen to what he said when I asked him what the future of home ownership uh, could look like here in BC. When I was getting out of college, I certainly worried in my career whether I'd make enough money. But I don't think I worried that I would make enough money but not be able to afford a decent home. I just don't think that was a thing. I ask my students now who are sort of business students, statistically, most of them are going to have great careers. But I ask them, how many of you are worried that even if you have a good career, you won't be able to afford the home you want? And it's like 100 percent of the hands go up. I mean, I know some of them are going to eventually inherit an awesome house from their parents. But in the meantime, it's going to be tough. And I worry about the stability. Right. Canada's doing a great thing, in my opinion, and letting in many immigrants. I'm an immigrant. So, you know, I'm certainly pro-immigration. But I do think that immigration is an important reason that prices are rising. And so it's very important that government allow enough homes to get built to keep pace with demand. Housing is right up there, right? Food, clothing and shelter are the three most important things. You don't really need clothing, food and housing, right? So people are going to get pretty, pretty annoyed if, if, if affordability is bad and rightly so. You used an interesting word there. The government has to allow houses to be built. So uh, as a person, uh, a layman, I sort of see this as like, oh, it's it's just an issue that there's not enough workers to build these houses. But is it, is it actually an issue of the government not allowing or uh, maybe, maybe dragging their heels on allowing these places to be built? So 70% of the land in Canada requires that homes be suburban style, detached. They're working on it in Vancouver. Now you can have a laneway house and a basement suite. But the overwhelming majority of land that allows housing at all, at this point, are for rich people only. So you're taking 70% of the land and requiring homes of a nature that maybe 5% of the population can afford. 
it's incredibly stupid and regressive and inefficient. And it makes the economy less dynamic. And it's just a dumb, inefficient thing to do. So look, I mean, it's totally understandable that people would rather have trees next door to them than people. I personally, that's my preference. But it's just not sustainable, uh, given how many people want to live here in our urban centers. When we talk about how expensive can housing get, look at cities like London and New York, where $4,000 a month rent for a one bedroom is not uncommon. So if it's gone that high there, and those are desirable places to live, it can certainly go that high here. And it sort of becomes the point that like the only path to home ownership is inheritance. Do you see that as, as a possibility for our future? Well, with low interest rates, you know, the ability to buy something as valuable as a home in Vancouver, I think we have a global economy. And I mean, think about the number of incredibly talented people who live in really situations that are not great, you know, climate difficulties, political uh, unrest, uncertainty, instability. How many people live in countries like that? I mean, like a lot. And a lot of them are really talented people. The idea that they could have a decent home in a place like Vancouver or Toronto, it's an incredible luxury. And the fact that it was like you could like have a decent, OK education and, you know, not great job and, and, and be able to afford a home here was the miracle. And, you know, it was a really great little period for people lucky enough uh, to, to live here. I think that run of luck is not going to be forever. And I think the future uh, of affordability is not terrific. And so. Government choices are, you know, we can make things uh, worse and worse and worse, or we can make things worse, but not that much worse. I don't think like people can get a detached house with a yard uh, despite being in the middle of the income distribution. That that's not on the table. Uh, Professor Davidoff from the UBC Souter School of Business. I thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Anytime, of course. I mean, some of the stuff in there, I appreciated that conversation. That's Thomas Davidoff from the UBC Souter School of Business and Center for Economics and Real Estate, Urban Economics and Real Estate. He said living in Vancouver and Toronto, it's an extreme, extreme luxury. Yeah, he tells it like it is, right? He he really does. And The thing is, and I was telling Scott this earlier, is for the last couple of years, I've thought about downsizing or we've thought about downsizing and we can't because there is nowhere for us to downsize to. Right. Right. Even to move sideways would cost us as much money or more. So there's nothing for me to downsize into where I could get a little savings, you know, move on from my single family house. There's just a lack of availability of options out there. Yeah. And the part where he talked about uh, the government allowing more houses to be built, because I had just sort of viewed it as like, oh, we just need more houses to be built, like hire the people to build it. There just must not be enough people. But it's so complicated when you get into the zonings and the restrictions and stuff. So some really insightful information from him there. But if you're holding your breath for a bubble burst, it doesn't really sound like it. Well, even if, and prices have come down a little bit, and I think in any other market at any other given time, if you said prices were down 10, 15%, it would be shocking. Right. And in here, it's like nothing. Totally. (laughs) Right. Supply and demand. I think a lot of people would need prices to come down 20, 30% especially with the way mortgage rates are right now to Absolutely. get into the market. Which then would have another economic impact that would just, you know, would be like crazy. We're kind of stuck. It feels like that, doesn't it? 
It does feel like that right now. And I know it is so hard for people. I, I'm one of those people who I check out if there's a house that goes for sale in my neighborhood, like I'm immediately checking it. I just want to see what the deal is. And in my neighborhood right now, it is, it's not easy to find even anything for sale. But what about you? Oh, absolutely. There's, I look all the time, anytime something goes up, but that it's like one, maybe every month, one house in the neighborhood kind of every month. And then it gets snapped up right away. And, you know, you look at these other cities like New York and London that we were talking about and, uh, you know, nobody there, it's just, it's just inheritance. That's the only way to get a home. You live in the home that you grew up in and you're with your parents and then you pass it down to your kids. And that's what's going to happen again. Well, I'm glad you could um, have a little lesson on that, Scott, although it wasn't probably a great lesson. <laughs> well, I'd rather I'd rather know the truth than be, you know, have the wool pulled over my eyes. And of course, it's an interesting topic and it affects so much of what we do here in the city. So always interesting stuff. It is very true. Thank you for that, Scott. That is Scott Johnson, our contributor. Learning about the housing crisis, it does feel stuck out there. And I am curious about what you're seeing happening in your neighborhood. There is nothing for sale where I live. But what about you? Simi at cknw.com. You can call or text our buzz line 604-331-2899.